0: Welcome to Conversations From Here with me, Dana Ziegler. These candid, unfettered, and unedited talks create connection and inspiration across the human story. These are the sharings of how we came to be ourselves, how we found our life's purpose, and how we made it from there to here— I speak with performers, artists, artisans, creators, innovators, entrepreneurs, and other remarkable people about what they do and how they came to do it. Also, the music you hear on this show is performed, as always, by Brad Watson. Today I speak with New York-based actor, writer, comic, musician, and force of nature, Ron Barba. Our talk took place as he and his friend Laura were driving around New York City. We discussed life in New York, the magic of PBS's Bob Ross, performing stand up comedy, Ron's years in Los Angeles, working in the banking industry, the importance of business acumen, especially for artists, the art of acting, the power of live performance, and the ups and downs of life during COVID. I hope you enjoy. It's a great talk. Here's me and Ron and Laura. And there we go. Hello there, Ron Barba in New York City. How you doing? Hey,
1: thank you so much for having me. New York wants to say yes, we're back, baby. We're getting locked down tonight, but we got four more hours before I'm totally, they cut off the, uh, the oxygen.
0: You gotta get you gotta get a lot done in that four hours then.
1: We're gonna do everything. We're gonna paint this town before they close it down. We're gonna paint this town before we close it down. There's something to do, baby. There's something to sing. How are we doing out there? How's the West Coast?
0: It's it's absolutely beautiful, as always. Oh, it's, a yeah. oh, it's a little it's quiet. It's a little
1: quiet. It's so nice there. It's so pretty. When you wanna just go get the aesthetic of life, go out to that Southern Cal, West Coast. It's just nice living. Here, it's grungy. It's dirty. We have my friend, Laura. She is not any of the above there. She is beautiful, but she's got that leather yeah, look. This is the New, new York uh-huh. fall look. I know this isn't, we don't go on video, right? This is all audio? That's
0: correct. Yes, it's all audio. Okay. She is well, resplendent wish... in a motorcycle jacket. Oh,
1: if, the, if the audience could see this, <laughs> there might be a Vision. major viewership pop. But anyway, thank you for having me on the show. As a car, you heard that car just go by. We thought it was a terrorist. It's I like blowing you got up. I hit
0: by something.
1: I know. It's just the We're cars. Cars We're blow up. Alive. That's what happens here in New York.
0: So, Ron, speaking of New York, um, you're you're actually originally from Connecticut. Is that right? At
1: Greenwich, Connecticut, about an hour outside.
0: And then when did, so did you grow up in Connecticut or did you did you move in as a child to New York? I
1: grew up in Greenwich, Connecticut and my mother always took me into musicals. She wanted me to be a Broadway singer. She wanted me to play on Broadway. And I'm like, mom, I am nothing like those Broadway guys. I just want to say 524,600 minutes. I'm like, there's no way I don't, that's not what I do. That's not my angle. So I didn't become a Broadway star. Um, but then my dad would take me to Yankee games, So I'm like, I really like the culture of New York between Broadway, between sports, obviously the restaurants, it's a happening place. I didn't want to move here, but I was forced to move here when I was about 27. I was living in my parents' place. I got a job down on wall street and I took a job there cause I was, uh, I just had to get out of Connecticut and I had to get out of my parents' home. Um, and, uh, so I moved into New York and I, I never looked back I, once I got here, I was so addicted. I was about 27, and I'm uh, 50 now, and um, so, so I, I, that's where I lived. I even lived in L.A. a little bit where I met uh, your, uh, your love of your life, Brad Watson.
0: Yes, yes, and, and so, uh, so we'll, get, we'll get to the L.A. part, but while you were in New York, that's, is that where the acting bug hit you and also the music thing?
1: love acting. And I, I did it in college. I did it in high school. I used to film myself and you have a camera at my parents' house and we would just film my brothers and sisters making joke commercials. And then when I moved to New York, uh, I, my brother wrote a song about Bob Ross, he and I kind of wrote it together. And then I went on stage in a New York open mic and I performed it and the people went crazy called Why I Don't Paint People.
0: Yes, I and, love and it.
1: People love it. And it was a viral video. We made a video for it. It went viral. And uh, can I give you a little taste of uh, Bob Ross singing? Yes, please. Here's, here's the first verse. White man with an afro, a giant palette in my hand. Always wearing those 70s blue jeans, painting portraits of the land. Now you might equate me with LSD, but I think you'll find. The love and the spirit we got is a forgotten time. Break out your paint, knives, and a little brush. Let's move some mountains with some trees and a big old bush. Creation could be so good. Take you away from all that's evil. That's why I don't paint people. (laughs) And it goes on and on. And I performed that. So I would go up as Bob Ross with the whole, the afro, the beard, the easel, the palette. I started to build the act. And I'd go up and do about six minutes As him talking to the people and kind of using jokes like what would be happening right now. If I was doing it today, it'd be like COVID jokes, obviously, because that's what was, you know, was happening in the moment. And then we do that song. What's that? Yeah, was it?
0: Let's make that a bird.
1: Yeah, let's make that a bird. And so I would just do that. And people. Happy trees. Happy trees. And uh, this branch is a little bit crooked. Let's send it to to Washington he was he was the most fantastic talent and i would even dress up as him for like seven halloweens in a row because when i dress up with him as him i was like an immediate celebrity on the streets and every party i went to and everybody loved oh my god bob ross one time i was walking past the fire department the guy i'll never forget he goes hey you put me to sleep (laughs) it was just there's so much love for him so that's what gave me once I was getting love from that song, then I started getting into stand up and then I really started pursuing acting. But it was that first thing in Bob Ross in the city that got me going in this whole thing.
0: You know, it's interesting because PBS is highly watched in New York. And that may be why, you know, if you were in, you know, somewhere in the heartland, maybe they wouldn't have known who Bob Ross was. Yes. You know, so Bob, you could say that Bob Ross gave you a career.
1: I mean, a career, you know, but it wasn't—it wasn't a big moneymaker. But, but other than that, yes, everything that I've done was because of. And when you listen to his philosophy about performing and about—it's not performing, but his was about making art. And you could you could easily stretch that over into performance arts. And it's just about creation. It's about creating something every day for people, creating it for yourself, and that there's it's unlimited possibilities. And if you take that mindset, oh my God, it, you know. It's your life is like endlessly happy if you follow through that way. Yeah, it's about joy. It's about joy. joy. It's about the joy of expression, the joy of creation, and people. A lot of people have it inside them, and a lot of people know they have it. They're afraid to do it, and uh, but the people that do it and are able to express it, they get such joy out of it. Without money, without people saying. It's so good. So I just, just from yourself doing something like, I like what I did. I li- I can't paint for shit. So my, my paintings were always so bad on, but that made the comedy funny because like this guy doesn't even know how to paint, but he's acting like he does, you know. And But but as a performer, I'm, you know, I think I'm a lot better than I am a painter. So yeah, it's just, that was a wonderful thing. To, you could say it's a wonderful thing and an awful thing because once I posted that video, it went viral in like two weeks. Everybody, everybody, you know, the, the YouTube took it and, and made it viral, and then that's what started. I don't think I did anything as good as that, and it's been twenty years. So I don't know what to do now, Dana. It's like I should have quit while I was ahead.
0: And then you also um, the acting thing. So you've done you've done a lot of film stuff, and you've also directed. You you did um, King of the List, right? Yes. And yes. then you've produced yes. a few things here and there. So your your creative expression has expanded over
1: the mm-hmm. years. I love my number one thing is acting. My number two thing was producing shows that I want to see shows that I would, that I was, you know, I want to be invest, invested, invested involved in. And one of them was the king of the list, which was basically just my life was on Craigslist for many years. When I first moved out to LA, when I met Brad, I was on Craigslist doing gigs and uh, and, and in doing those gigs, I started meeting a bunch of other talents. And when I was performing and I was starting to get them gigs on on craigslist like low-paying jobs but it fit their background and so i became like an agent on craigslist so then that's why we came up with the show the king of the list a craigslist talent agent and uh and we filmed a bunch of episodes on that so that was what got me rolling but i i just always loved auditioning acting performing and then of course i would love if the king of the list ever made it but it never did we had it pitched to many networks in hollywood and no one picked it up but the king of lists is just a great character because he's a real character he was like my what i really was in a weird way a craigslist talent agent i get you showbiz did. digs from craigslist ads you were and being that, yourself was, what's that and i was just being myself and that's where the best art comes when it's just naturally coming out of you and it's something you know interesting obviously but so many natural things just come out from your your daily experiences you virtually don't have to write anything just let the experience carry itself and you'll find yourself in a comedic dramatic world just because
0: you are doing what bob ross was doing because he was just being himself yes he just wanted to reach reach a bunch of people and teach them the basics of painting and the joy of personal expression and you know and soothe them in the meantime and he was just being his inimitable self and then you what 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 year did you come out to la and what was the like, did you just decide
1: to go
0: out, or did you have something to it's go a, to?
1: or? It's a great question. I uh, So to, to make make ends meet, to make money, I was working in banking, and uh, which is very obviously very opposite from the arts, but everyone has to have a side job when you're not famous, and you don't have connections in the industry. So I was doing a job for a bank called uh, Washington Mutual, and I was in Texas, of all places. I was in San Antonio, Texas, and we were doing a job called um, – It was called the anti-money laundering. And I'd done that for a few years. I used to work in the money laundering department at Chase Manhattan Bank. That's my opening joke when I do stand up. I worked in the money laundering department at Chase Manhattan Bank. But anyway, I was doing anti-money laundering in Washington Mutual. And that was in 2008 when the economy crashed. And while I was doing that job, Washington Mutual went bankrupt. So I'm in Texas and like Washington Mutual has just declared bankruptcy, and they owed me $20,000. I'm like, am I going to get paid? You know, so I did get paid. And that 20,000 is when I said, now I got to go live my dream. So from 2009, I went to LA. And that's when I met Brad. And that's when I really started hitting the Craigslist like crazy, and just trying to find a life through there. But I took that 25,000 that I got from that job. And went to LA to do that and I lasted there about two years before I went through all my money and mm-hmm. I had unemployment money you can't just live on 25,000 I had unemployment money because I went on for a while too and then I moved back to New York because LA is just too hard for me
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's a and it's a culture clash as well I mean when you're an east coaster oh. and
1: you go to the west coast it's yes it's difficult it's, it's difficult you know and it's got so many fantastic things about LA that I really love. And then there's something I hate about L.A. And, you know, when I, when I remember when I was in New York, how much I hated about New York. There's so many bad things here and so many good things here. But it is, like you said, it's very different. So I always look up to people that can live in L.A. and like I can live in, like I couldn't live there. I lived there a year and a half. The main problem to me was just the I, the cars. It was just the driving. I'm like, I can't sit in another car. I was going stir crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that's really what it came down to. New York has its own personal hell. I just chose this hell for for me it was but it's a
0: walkable hell
1: yeah and, <laughs> yeah, bike. and just... i take and i take a city bike all around the city and that's a free because you go down to the subway it's just like being in cars in la it's just hell for me it's just depressing as can be see the la depression is you're in a car but you know now you have the, i was thinking about this because i was just out there when you're on the phone out there you can just watch movies and actually it's not so bad probably being in a car these days out there because there's so many things you could have on your, on your you know, on your uh, your phone, so I'm, you know, maybe I'll make a move there for real one day. Because I had a, I really did enjoy it last time I was there. But then again, it was COVID nineteen. There were no cars on the road. I got to A to B in a half hour instead of an hour and a half every day.
0: Yeah, COVID has been good for traffic.
1: It's been really good for a lot of reasons. You know, there's a big positive that comes out of this stuff.
0: There are some pluses and there's also a lot of people reinventing themselves now out of necessity, but it it, it has been, my brother called it the great pause button and that a lot yep. of people are recalibrating and reevaluating and remaking themselves. And so that is a pod that's making lemonade out of lemons. Yes. Um, but but did, so-
1: also a lot of people that were doing things that they didn't want to be doing got forced out of those things. And now they're pursuing something that makes more sense to them. So there's a lot, you know, it's hard to say it, what, it, if it's so bad for us and so good for us. It's just, it is what, they say. It, is what it is. So you gotta have to, sorry, I just dropped my, my Ooh, truly. We're drinking truly drinks here on set um, in the Jeep. But uh, yeah, but just the, the, the reset is, I think it's hard to know if it's been really good really bad, it's been really bad for some people, some small businesses, and been really good for a lot of people that just hated their life before, and now have a little freedom to go with doing what they, more naturally fits them.
0: So when you went back to New York, were you able to drum up and create uh, creative opportunities for yourself, you know, film, little film things and whatnot, and also stand up and music, were you able to get that rolling so that it was a sustainable life?
1: Are we talking about after COVID or just when I went back in 2011? When
0: you left, uh, when you when you when you left LA after your two years and your money ran out back?
1: Yeah, I mean, when I went, when I came back here, I, I more or less I think that's when we actually started filming The King of the List. So I just started producing more stuff. That's when I was like, I need to produce my own stuff. So I produced now four or five little pilots. I haven't sold one. I've just been spending the money. That's the easy part. But I've been spending the money and I've been producing little shows that I'm trying to sell to Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, you name it. Um, and that's really what I've, that's really that all I've been doing in 2015 was my last regular job in banking. Um, I was, uh, like I said, anti-money laundering. That's all I've been doing. I've been anti-money laundering. It's been good to me. <laughs> so, well, but, uh, so, so to answer the question, no, I have not been able to sustain myself on it. So I've been, I, what I do is I trade the market and I've been doing quite well in that recently. It wasn't always like that. So right now, that's how I make my money is actually trading stocks and stock futures and options. And my father's a commodity futures trader. That's how I learned how to do that when I was 17, 18 years old.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and the thing is, is that the skills that you need to be an anti money laundering person or um, like in my case how I was running offices and things like that all of these skills are transferable to the rest of life and you can apply it to your to your artistic life because you got you got to have business acumen when you're an artist
1: mm. a, lot of,
0: a lot of artists don't have that and they end up getting screwed out of royalties or whatever it is like to, so the yes. fact that you have that savvy um yes. is going to stand you in good stead
1: I, I think it's terrible that all people aren't taught about money first boring as it is i think it's an awful tragedy in our society that you're not taught about why money is so important and how it's so important and you're taught that arts are so important and they are but the the money is like the most basic it's something that it's every day gnawing at you every minute and it's it's amazing the artists that i meet they have no background in in finance and i get it that i get why and i just feel for them because i was just you can say I'm lucky that i had this background just because of who i was born under my dad is a finance guy i was like why wouldn't they teach me? just math and numbers to people because when you're dealing with artists every day when I'm producing stuff and I I talk to them and they don't know the first thing and they start questioning stuff and I'm like but this is not with the real world the real world is money plus what we're doing it's not just what we're doing so uh, that education is so valuable and I'm very thankful and grateful that I've had that
0: because money is a resource it's like food and water we need it whether we like to admit it or not. And the people who say they don't care about money mm. are, are being a bit disingenuous because mm. they probably think about it all the time because they don't have it. Yeah. And it's not about greed, it's about having options. And when you mm. have the resources, the financial resources, you can do more of the things that you want to do.
1: Mm. You know? That's the truth. I mean, look, I'm going to tell you with money, you can do, you can do anything you want. I mean, you know, within reason, but you can do anything that you want, you know, for better or for worse. But when you don't have it, then you got to go find either you have to get get resourceful with something that doesn't require money, or you got to go find someone that has it and try right. to get it from them to work with them. I mean, this is, it's pretty much how the world, you know, and you have to
0: spend a lot of time going out and finding it or yeah. it.
1: Orson, and orson. then
0: that's less time that you can spend creating and so that's therein lies the dilemma you know because i know a lot of people actors musicians they say oh i never want a day job but they've <laughs> had to have one over the course of the years and some of them don't need day jobs anymore but you know good sure. for them
1: but sure. uh, certainly the god bless them well orson wells orson Wells said after he you know he made citizen Kane. i watched a documentary on him he said i spent of my life hustling to get money for films and 20% making films because that's no way to live. And this is a guy that was an amazing filmmaker. And you realize, you know, when you do this all the time, you're always hustling to make money. So you really have to love it in a level that has nothing to do with money. You really have to love arts uh, to keep pursuing it. Otherwise you you just say like, oh, well, mostly life is just about hustling and getting money and and trying to live a a nice life, you know, with, with, you know, having things or, ha- or eating well or going and traveling, whatever it takes for money. But you know, when you're doing the arts, it's mostly impoverished people. And it's just, it's a tough world being poor.
0: And there is also a, a lot of people who are hugely, hugely talented and they don't make it, you know, and you see that. the That's, go, oh that's most
1: everybody, That's most that's- everyone. Yeah. That's a reality. That's a reality yeah. that people don't like to face. Artists don't like to face. When you first make that decision, like, oh, I'm going to be a comedian, or I'm going to be an actor, I'm going to be like that, you're literally taking a vow of poverty, and you have to say, like, the odds are that this is not going to happen, but I'm going to do it anyway. Some people say, oh, no, I am going to do it, and they do succeed. You hear those stories. Well, guess what that does? That makes a whole slew of new people go, oh, well, they can do it, then I can do it, and maybe you can. So there's always that, oh, maybe – that can happen to me. So it's like, you know, it's like buying a lottery ticket.
0: Yeah. And Except then the odds of a lottery
1: ticket are better. <laughs> Let me tell you.
0: And then sometimes you see people who are they may not have the most talent, but they have a particular look or particular oh, something. Yeah. That great
1: marketing. That. Great great at marketing. Business. They're great at business. Right. The business of art. I think uh Warhol was like He's talking about art, and and he's like, he's like, making money, that is the art. Warhol said that, so, you know, that. So this
0: And he said we all have our 15 minutes.
1: Uh Uh-huh, and we're having it right now.
0: We're (laughs) We're having more than 15 minutes, actually.
1: Yeah, this is going to be all
0: beamed all over the world, and everybody's going to know your name, kid.
1: (laughs) Whoa, I'm loving this thing. I finally made it at 50.
0: (laughs) it's, It's um it's, so and it's also it's also great great fodder for comedy as well. So do you find that your experiences, the hustle and all that, also lends uh, feeds your creativity in creating characters?
1: There's nothing like hustle and strain and, and uh, um, what's the word? Uh, uh, dis- not despair but uh, desperation. So I like, get you to you hear things, you see people act in desperation, and you're like, you, people love that because they know how desperate we all are in our own way in life. And so you, people feed off of that too. And it, it definitely adds to crazy scenarios and situations and things that you may not have said before. If you, if you were complacent with your life because you have enough or, or you're too afraid, but when you're desperate and you're hungry, you do crazy things and people love it or they hate it. But a lot of times it's a very positive thing. And you like someone that's desperate and hungry, mm-hmm. you know, not desperate. no, nah, that's very unattractive, but right, hungry right, right. and willing. That's that comes out of desperation and, those can be very attractive qualities and, and and great themes that people like to write about and, and see constantly
0: because I think a lot of people are really afraid to be who they truly are and there's a lot of people who are who are secretly actors or comics or musicians sure. and nobody ever hears of them because they don't put sure. themselves out there because they don't they don't have the drive and they don't have the um, maybe the courage to, you know, to step out um, a bit. And so they, everybody wants to be that person on stage and everybody wants to be that person on TV or, you know, on a 30 foot high silver screen. But some people have that, what it takes and and a lot of people don't. Did did you know that public speaking is the most feared profession in the world? (laughs) That makes
1: sense. I mean, just doing standup and, and doing a joke and then it not doing well is it's such a hollow feeling. You feel yeah. like everybody hates you and you didn't do anything but try to make them laugh. And so you, you, just see, you just feel so ugly. You feel like, oh, God, I can't believe I'm doing this. So public speaking, which is funny because you don't even have to be funny in public speaking. That's just something you just if you're just decent at getting a message across. You're, that's it that's all you need to do but when you take another level you're like now you got to make them laugh you got to get a message and make them laugh that is foo, that's tough but yeah public speaking is so good for everybody to do so i think people should do open mics they should get up they should try to do jokes get blasted and they'll get a little bit more comfortable in front of people and just speaking to people. But like you said, it's a fear, it's a huge fear.
0: Well, when I used to, um, when I used to do stand up and I would be taking my Uber to you know whatever location and, and usually the Uber driver would be somebody who was interested in getting into acting. There was some young kid who moved here from somewhere else. And oh, I right. would say, go on comedybureau.com and find an open mic that's near you. Because if you can just get up there and because um, a lot of them expressed an interest in doing stand-up. And I said, I'll tell you, it'll change your life. Because as scary as it sounds, and it is, um, once you have done it and you become comfortable in your own skin in front of other people, it changes your life. Because then when you you just walk out into the regular world, you're able to express yourself and communicate with people in a way that you never would before. So I always tell people to do open mics.
1: mm mm-hmm. I think it's the best thing in the world. And I also do it when you, when you perform some people are like, you know, I could do comedy. Like we'll about we talking for a while and they're like, you know, I want to do comedy or I could think about it. So there's a lot of people that think about it. I think it's because they feel like I want to express myself now. I, I, that person's expressing themselves. I want to express myself. You know, maybe I can go and do it. And I, I want to go and do it somewhere. so a lot of times an open mic is a place to do it. And uh, yeah, I say go ahead and do it, but to pursue that life is, I wouldn't advise that because I've been doing it for so long and I haven't been successful in it and it's like the the pain is unbelievable when you're pursuing arts so you have to really love the arts or else you really cuz you have to take so much pain in the arts I mean every human being has to take pain in everything they do in work and all that but with the arts it's like there's very little financial comeback but but you're but the positive is that you're doing this thing that you love that you can't put money on which is expression expression of something that you love and you want to give to people that you know, you're giving love. I, I feel like you're giving love when you're expressing yourself.
0: Absolutely. And also you're building your, um, your life network of people. I mean, I'll tell you, there are several people that I am still friends with several people who have been on this podcast who, who I met doing stand-up. and they're, they're, they're in various areas. Many of them are actors and performers, you know, and, and writers um, and, they're, and they're doing it, and we really bonded, you know, sitting in the dark together. <laughs> That's
1: great, yes. Waiting to go
0: up, you know? You're like, you sure. going up? You going up? That was always a question. <laughs> it's like, oh right. yeah. Oh, I loved your set last week. Are you gonna, yeah, be, gonna go up? You're going up,
1: I know. You're going up, right? It's such a big deal. Oh my gosh. It is know. a big deal at first. You know, at first it is a big deal. And then after a while, you're like, wait a second. <laughs> Have it's, I been fooling myself? I don't know, it's amazing.
0: Even if, like for me, I haven't done stand-up in ages, and if, if I run across somebody who, who I knew from those days and I haven't seen them in a while, the question is, are you going up? You know, <laughs> meaning, are you still, you know, doing a thing? And I'm like, no, I'm retired pretty much, you know, and because and, <laughs> I, I have other things to do with my life, you know, especially in the evenings and go sit in the dark with other comics, but, yes. um, but it was an amazing, um, it was life-changing for me. Oh, wow absolutely life-changing and and and, uh so do you i mean with regard to uh the the acting thing i mean do you feel that it's informed the rest of your life because do you feel that you have tools that you can you can cope with certain situations because of because of that
1: well i think i mean acting is my is my actual real love it's it's something that i just naturally did and growing up doing it i I loved watching stand-up but then i realized the art form of stand up it, um, it doesn't naturally come to me like acting does. So I've always acted. I've always been very good at it. Sometimes I overact. I will admit, I don't have a problem saying that. I've seen a lot of overactors too. They're very famous and make a lot of money, but I also can, I also, I've seen myself act where I'm just right on, on point. And it's just, I love the, 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 form, the art form. And I was just, um, I was just telling Laura that I'm watching uh, downtown Is it Downton Abbey? Downton Abbey. I just picked that up on Amazon. And I'm just watching, obviously, the writing. I love, you know, writing makes all shows great. But the acting, I really watch the acting to see how strong these people are. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a beautiful art form. And it's very different from stand-up. And it's like, a to me, it's like a religion when you see amazing actors, especially when you do it. When I performed on stage a lot, you know what it's like being in that moment with audience there, but you're in a character and you're doing lines of something. It's just, it's fascinating to me. It's always fascinating to me acting. Well, well I love it. It's something that I, I don't think I could ever stop doing. I'm not sure. It's an addiction that I can't stop. Stand up, I can stop tomorrow. Well, we are stopped tomorrow because there's no more stand up.
0: Well, that's right. And you're remaking right now. And, and one of the things that for the ancient Greeks, theater was for a community catharsis. Tragedy Mm -hmm. was a way for people to come together and share this experience of these stories of the myths. And they went through this thing together and they, oh, they mourned together, they laughed together, you know. And the actors were all in masks so that there was, they were almost like, um, it was almost like watching um, because they they weren't recognizing human faces. So it was a way for, for them to sort of process things. Mm-hmm. You know, and kind of project their experience upon the actors, and so it had a very vital role within society. Mm-hmm. The acting thing, theater, oh, yeah. and
1: music—absolutely, yeah. it is. And and theater again, like I, I do love when it reflects life back to audience members. So people like are you're, you're you're being told something that you know exists, and you're you're trying to relate it to them. That there's something I'm not expressing it right, but. It does. It, it is a reflection of like the times that we're living in or, there, or the historical, you know, the times of the past. But it's just the human drama is, it's everlasting. It's, it's every day. We always go through pain. We always go through laughter. We have both these sides and theater really sends that message out. And great theater like moves people, you know, it moves does. people in, in weird different ways in a spirit that's, so I, I think it's an incredible art form that was created. You know, to, to reflect back on characters, you're going to go, you start up.
0: And especially, and especially theater, because you've got these human bodies out there in the audience, and they are giving you energy as you are giving it to them. And there's some magic synergy that happens. And this yeah. is part of the reason why, um, you know, so difficult during these COVID days is that we're missing, um, we're missing public uh, uh, what's the word, uh, shared public experience, shared public mm-hmm. expression, yep. and we're missing that, sitting in the dark, watching magic happen on the stage, and those actors projecting themselves forward, and moving people, yes and hearing the audience, you know, or a reaction, or a laugh, or something, we're missing Anything,
1: that. anything human, because this is inhuman, what we're doing right now. Yeah, yeah. Totally inhuman, and it's, it's separating us, and it's, it's just, it's low vibration stuff that's happening right now it's drawing us down it's not letting us be together and it's not improving our communication it's been that that part's been very ugly and bad for our society but there's a reason they have their politicians and the doctors have their reason why you can't be you know be near people so what are you gonna do are you gonna do this stuff on zoom I, i i did a couple zoom plays they're terrible it's like it's not acting theater or a stand-up on Zoom you know forget it.
0: I have a friend uh, my friend Emma Pine uh, she's Mm -hmm. from Ireland and she's a writer and an actress and a comic and she had a one-woman show that was due to to open in May and uh, and she had the option as you know as it went on it went on and you know, she couldn't do the thing. And they said, well, we uh, could, you know, we have the option of doing it remotely. And she said, no, I don't want it to do it remotely. It just loses uh, its whole soul, you know, so yes. selected. I said, st- "I said, stick with that and do it yes. when you can do it live.
1: I say, I say the same thing. I'm like, just stop doing this stuff. It's just, it's anti-human. It's not even, it's not, it's not that spirit at all. I feel like there's no spirit in the Zoom. There's no spirit in these stand-up shows that are outside. These things were created for a reason. They, they, they've been, you know, they've, through the, tu- through the test of time, there's a reason why they're an institution. And this stuff that we're doing with online is, I know they're trying to get people to make this the new normal. And obviously it is the new normal, but it's just, it's just, uh, it, like I said, it's inhumane. It just doesn't feel right. There's it's, a bad feeling about it. You don't feel human doing it. You're feeling like a robot. They're putting into a robot. They're making us into robots,
0: trying yeah. to. And it's, it's a temporary thing. And at the same time, it definitely- uh, It is temporary? I think so. Ah. Uh, I do believe that. Maybe I'm- Yes, wrong
1: good. I, that, no, that's good. That's I, good to have hope. I
0: do believe. I do believe that it is temporary. That's good. And I do think that, um, I mean, at least in some way, I mean, we are, thanks to the Zoomy Zoom, we are able to have yes. this conversation. So- Yes, thank God. Us. You know, so there are, there are good things about it, but I hear you. I mean, there's something, there's an intangible, there's a very real thing yes, about yes. physical energy between people when totally. they're near one another. So totally, yes. we are missing that
1: so yeah. much. Totally agree.
0: So what's the road ahead, Ron? What, what are you, uh, mm, what are your,
1: road ahead? Have? what do you, well, do I you mean, I'm, I'm doing actually doing? filming something tomorrow, which I'm excited to do. I'm doing. Uh, somebody, somebody's still shooting because people are still shooting. Then, and this guy's wrote a film, and uh, I'm getting to play a character. I'm playing his uh, his colleague in a. Uh, I play his. Um, I work with him at a at a uh, at a company, and um, we we own the company together. But I have to get rid of him because he's lost his mind, and uh, he's ruining he's ruining our business. So I'm kind of playing like a, you know, a guy that has to get rid of his friend because of business reasons. And uh, so we're doing that tomorrow. That, I think that'll be good.
0: And people are hungering for connection and for stories. I mean, that's what, yes. that's what theater and film and TV and all that's about the human story and about yes. our commonality and connection. And so that's right. to be able to tell these stories and make those connections in whatever way that we possibly can is, totally. is the gift.
1: Totally, that is correct.
0: That's why I started this, Conversations From Here. That was the reason behind it. Because I knew that there were going to be a lot of people who were looking for inspiration and for connection and relatable experiences. Yes. And so ironically, this this was one of the gifts of COVID because then I had the time.
1: So it's been good. It's been good for you.
0: It has been good. It's been very positive. And also I'm creating a, a body of work.
1: That's beautiful out there
0: in the world, you know? So you're shooting, well, you're shooting something. So and we're
1: doing it tomorrow. We're actually shooting tomorrow, which is great. But then after that, I don't have any, I mean, I'm doing again, the zoom crap, but whatever. It's just like being in twilight zone. It's, <laughs> you don't feel like you're moving. You don't feel like you're doing anything. You don't feel like you have a show to sell. I have a show that I did called buds about a marijuana bar, which we're trying to sell right now. And it's like our marijuana bars coming back. I know marijuana just went legal in New Jersey. But I don't even know if we can get a show like this uh, sold right now. So it's, it's you know, it's a it's a weird place to be right now, artistically. It's, a lot of the, times I'm it's not, the unknown. It's the unknown. I, I, yeah, I wish I was inspired, but, and I'm not. But it's good when I see people inspired. And it's like, okay, good, they're inspired. Like, this guy inspired, he wrote this script, and now I get to play an actor tomorrow and it. I get to play a role, and it's good. I mean, that's, that's a positive. But myself, not... Uh, I'm not, I'm not inspired every day to write music. I used to write songs all the time, Mm -hmm. used to have scripts that I wanted to do, you know, so I'm now, I'm just kind of doing stuff with other people. I'm just enjoying. So we'll see. And that's key
0: to have your little community, your little creative community in whatever way you can, because it keep, it pushes you. It keeps you from getting stagnant because when, when there is, uh, you know, that this sort of stalling you know that's when you kind of go into a spiral um have you been have you had any issues with just feeling really down and depressed at all or have been weird
1: I, I normally I, I i haven't gotten that depressed but i can see why people would get very depressed i just haven't it hasn't really hit me yeah um to be very depressed but i understand why people are that way now because they don't get to do the kind of things that they've wanted to do or they can't you know they just can't move the way they wanted to so it's a time of patience it's like a time of i told my friend who was complaining about his life he's like it's a patience it's zen and he's like well tell that to my landlord and i was like yeah that's true you got to make money too but yeah. uh i haven't i haven't gone through the pangs of depression and through this
0: that's good and i mean you the,
1: seem to be the, pretty buoyant yeah the winter months are coming though maybe we can start getting depressed now.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll see and and um, it hasn't affected Jack the cat very much as you see he's a uh, he's Oh, life. he's
1: got it going. I like his life. He's really loving this covid. He wants it to stay.
0: Yes, because he gets to see his mommy and daddy a lot more than he would normally.
1: <laughs> you see there's so many positives. So, so if you're a cat,
0: if you're a cat or a dog, your life is pretty good during this lockdown because you have your people. And also animals have be- are being adopted at a record rate because people are wanting to you know, connect with right? friends. Yes, yes, many shelters uh, don't, either don't have any animals left in them or they have just many fewer because people okay. are adopting. So that's a, that's a positive, I, I would say. Oh,
1: that's wonderful. That's wonderful to hear. Yeah, we just got to go through this and we're gonna have to do it.
0: Well, I I wanna thank you so much. It seems like a good oh. time to wind it wind it up and, and thank
1: you so much for having me on your show, Dana. This is wonderful. I think I really it's great. It.
0: It's great that you've been in a car. You and your friend Laura have been, have
1: yes. been in a car this whole time. <laughs> yeah, we've been hanging in the car. We were gonna go to the park and uh we've just been driving around. So I don't even know what happened to her. Yeah. But yeah, but it's been great.
0: Yes, thank you I've so much. You. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Oh, there you are. Hi. for <laughs> doing this. I really appreciate I it. Love it love means you. everything.
1: She's still got the leather. Maybe we'll go with the white later.
0: It might be pleather.
1: Though. It might be pleather. Always
0: pleather. such a treat to talk to Ron Barba, our dear friend out there in New York City, reaching arms across this great nation in order to touch base with the East Coast. You know, my love, Brad Watson, and Ron go back a long way, and they have some amazing stories to tell from their years together here in Los Angeles, so special treat to have them on the show. Thank you so much, Ron, and thank you, Laura, for driving. Also, I wanted to mention that as much as we talk about the, quote, positives of these COVID days, we are well aware of the amount of suffering, financial loss, illness, death, how people have been touched by not only by this virus, but also by the lockdowns themselves, and how people are living in sort of a state of accentuated anxiety and uncertainty. So because I like to minimize the negative and accentuate the positive, to make Lemonade out of these lemons to bring a little sweetness to all of you. I do try to just stay positive. So know that I feel your pain, those who are really going through it. Um, we are too, right there with you, um, feeling it. Uh, may we come together. May we find a way of getting through. And one of those ways I think is to share our stories, to talk to one another, to have dialogue to inspire each other, and to help those who need helping in this uncertain time. I'm wishing you well. Take very good care, and also take very good care of those around you. And until next time, I'll see you on the other side.